Welcome to The Peer Perspective. This podcast is made possible by Ascend Mental Wellness. It is based on lived experience and personal perspective. It is not intended to replace therapy or medical advice. I am your host, Ginger Miller. I am her co-host, Michelle Morehouse. Welcome to today's show, Coping with the Holidays, Financial Stress. Our guest today, Sherry Finkel-Murphy from the Atrium Financial Group, joining us to help explain ways and tips to avoid financial stress this holiday season. Sherry, can you share a little about your role and what you do? Thank you for having me. I am a certified financial planner practitioner, and that means that I work with business owners, their families, and individuals on all areas of risk strategy, wealth strategy, tax planning, uh, philanthropy, estate planning. The goal is to have you become the heroes of your own lives. Knowing that the holiday spending can stress people out, how should an individual prioritize their spending so they can avoid overspending and debt during the holidays? I liken holiday spending like food budgeting and menu planning, um, it's really the same principle, be intentional. And I think the first question I would ask people is, how do you want the holidays to make you feel this year? What do you need to do to create the feeling of joy for the holidays? And work backwards from that to what are the experiences? Who are the people involved? Um, And what are the gifts that you want to give? Not the ones you have to give, the ones that you give with joy from the heart. I know that um, at times I've found it difficult to want to, say, budget or even think about my finances. Because when I thought about them, perhaps the job I was in at the time was just like, I knew I was barely making my current bills, never mind the fact that we're heading into winter, there's holidays, the heating bill goes up. I didn't even want to think about the idea that there were more expenses and not more income. Right. I I get that. Um, I think budget is a dirty word. I think it's a dirty word with calories, and I think it's a dirty word with money. <laughs> I mean, there are two things here. One is approaching the holidays from the outset, making yourself wrong is kind of a recipe for disaster. We have mothers to make us wrong. We don't need to make ourselves wrong. Sorry, that's a joke. I like to tease to tease the mothers in us. Um, but I think that what you can do is recognize that you have more gifts than just financial gifts to give. You can give your time, your undivided time. You can give your expertise. Um, The story I love to tell is my girlfriend, she said, what do you want for Christmas this year? I said, I want you to bake me a a lasagna and freeze it because I can't make a lasagna for my life. And to me, her lasagna is worth its weight in gold. Um, And she, of course, was delighted. It even came wrapped in a bow. Uh, But that's, that's an important concept to give someone undivided time, maybe offering to drive them someplace or do difficult errands for people. Um, or take them someplace they want to go with your company. Those are gifts too, Um, not just the things you purchase in the store. 
and the meaning of the holiday season, of course, is the community. And, and we can leverage that up and feel good about ourselves. So for those that do spend money during the holidays, whether they want to do a DIY or <laughs> do some, a service from the heart, what are a few simple goals individuals can set for themselves when prioritizing their finances in anticipation for the holidays? So um, when I was a kid growing up, we had a little ticket book and it was called a Christmas club um, from the banks. And that's because I'm so old, the earth's crust was cooling. The Christmas club was a little ticket book where you put $5, $10 away all year long. And it was your bucket for the holidays. And of course, that principle works really well for everything. It works for an emergency fund. It works for holidays. It works for birthdays. I know I have a little jar at home that's like our vacation fund. So sure. um, there are some people who um, use a change jar. You know, every time you have a handful of quarters, in, assuming it's not going to a laundry machine, um, uh, put it in the jar. And before you know it, by the end of the year, you have a, a change jar. Um, so the, if you can, certainly get in advance um, uh, some savings in whatever fashion. But the trick is to say, how much realistically can I spend? And that's the, the one hand. And the other hand is, who do I want to spend it on? Um, that's a written list in one form or another. I will say that sometimes it's the package that makes the difference. And so, again, we think of value. We're always thinking of, of overspending. I have to get a gift of a certain value. Must it really be that value? What if it were a smaller gift, but it was wrapped brilliantly? I love multiple gifts that are fabulously wrapped. And some of them are actually little trinkets. They're, they're more, I won't call them gag gifts, but they're simple things that are intended to delight. I totally understand where you're coming from. In the past, having come across having that financial strain, I come from a very large family. I mean, everybody knows when you have a large family, you want to try to, whether it's giving that gift because that's what you grew up with, with that, it's always a purchase gift. I decided prior to COVID, probably a few years before COVID, I started doing a lot of DIY projects. Sure. I have 13 nieces and nephews. So, and I'm one of five. So I started doing the DIY and I tried to do that to keep that balance down because it is cheaper to get the things and put it together. Plus it's coming from the best place, your heart, you know, for your family, for your friends. So I think that's really beneficial in highlighting that. Absolutely. Um, so here's an example, a real example of a client who did not have a lot of money, single mom, did not have a lot of money to make a Christmas, but wanted very much for her children to learn healthy eating. And so we came up with the solution that she was going to buy an organic head of fancy lettuce. I'd love to tell you I remember what it was, but it was an organic head and plant it when it was done. So chop off the bottom and replant it to have perpetual lettuce. But what her daughter received was the planting, was the dirt and the toothpicks. And in a, in a lovely wrapping, 
was something that we were going to do together as a project. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to me as your mom that you eat well, and we're going to grow lettuce all year long, and you're in charge of the lettuce plant. And I thought that was just brilliant. If you are going to shop, there are a couple of interesting ways to think about it. With a large family like yours, I see lots of times going the secret Santa route. All right, we are a zillion of us. We do not want to tax everybody's wallet. Let's pick from bowl and get a gift not to exceed a certain amount for one person. Have you had the reaction of that idea when you present that idea? Have you had people ask, well, what about someone who expects a gift from everybody? I think that there's a certain collective bargaining that goes on there, <laughs> that somebody has to be brave and mm. suggest it to the family. Um, usually it is the, you know, the young couple that's about to have their first child or something, um, or the, you know, the sibling who was, who was the last to get the job. It, it happens in a variety of ways, but yes, there's a little bit of negotiation when somebody bravely suggests that the family does this for the holiday. Um, there are different ways of thinking as, as families grow, as children get a little older. Um, parents can use their value system and express their values through their kids. Like, kids, I can buy you all individual gifts and we can go broke, or we can take $250 and we can compete to see which charity gets our money. And a new tradition is born. And have I seen that philanthropy process play out? Yes, I have. Family philanthropy. You don't have to be a billionaire um, to take to, to bring joy. Again, joy, it's about the way you want the season to make you feel. Now, when you're working with individuals, whether in group or one-on-one, -on -one, do you have them come to you sometimes, not during just the holiday season, but when there is that financial stress of different routines or ways they can adjust themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I actually work with a number of individuals that don't work or are on maybe disability, SSI, um, things like that. And finances are definitely a challenge for them. So it, it, it can turn into a fun conversation, um, getting creative. Um, sometimes it turns into, I'm just gonna listen while they express their frustration on things. And then later we can talk about the creativity. I know one of the things when it came to gift giving that I really liked was um, for the kids in particular, but even couples could do it, like the coupon book idea, mm -hmm. um, or have it be one special, uh, a friend of mine gave me a gift saying, I'm you know, I'll take you to lunch, my tree, you pick the deck. So it's like the celebration continued beyond the day that we were trying to celebrate, which was really nice too. That is exactly the kind of thing that, that can take you to whole new traditions, um, the, the basis of a Friendsgiving type of thing. Why not develop traditions? And, and again, one of, the, one of the things about financial frustration during the holidays is that we make it a lonely process. We think that nobody else is strapped, and that's nonsense. Um, plenty of people arguably most people are strapped with any amount of money. 
And that's sort of who we are as a society and probably another conversation. But to take it from being a lonely endeavor and making Christmas about community and family again can really take the heat off. Um, and that's that, again, I keep going back to feeling, which is, of course, your business, not mine. Mine is the numbers. <laughs> um, but there's always a way to make it work. I think that one of the things I wanted to share was an idea that did not come from a holiday, but came from a young family with four kids that had a little bit of a, we'll call it the target problem. Um, and that's because the kids always needed something. And because they also did grocery shopping at Target, um, just overspending. The, the Target money was eating away at everything else. So you would say they were very, very impulsive on their buying. Right. right, Because they were in Target. And of course, you have to go through all kinds of useful things before you get to the groceries. Um, and if you have small kids, you know that they're always growing out of things and the household always needs something. So yes, impulsive. We arranged with, uh, for them to have a separate checking account that was the target checking account. So they both worked, both paychecks went into the checking account, but then the allotted target amount was, or target store amount, was transferred to the target checking account. And the target checking account was tied to the target debit card. And when that amount was gone, it was gone for the month. And the only exception to that would be if they needed food then they could go above it for food but otherwise target spending was limited to this amount that they agreed upon and if there was leftover great it stayed there for the following month so i would suggest that that maybe an impulse idea is as follows get to your target store or the the appropriate store walmart I, you know i don't want to be biased here and leave all money things in locked in the car. Make sure it's out of sight. But basically, leave it outside the store. Do your walkthrough with a paper or on your phone, however you do these things, paper and pen or phone, and see what there is to see what you want to purchase for your list. Sometimes it feels good to write that list and scribble on it. Um, you can do your research online if you want to do your research online. But the point is, do the trial run and figure out if you can make everything fit. Figure out how to juggle it. And um, then once you have made it fit, execute. Go back into the store and make the purchases that are appropriate or order them. And, and you have planned. You have um, gotten around the tendency to say, oh, that's good. And by the way, we've all done it. I have purchased gifts for people and gotten home and said, you know what? I already purchased a gift for that person. That was dumb of me. Um, it happens. We're all guilty of it. Yeah, it happens. This is this is part of being human. Um, but if you really want to, to finesse it, I, I actually think of that as a game. I, I think that's a giant puzzle. I'm giving myself whatever the number is, $100, $200, and I'm saying, this is how it's done. Um, and I have to make everybody fit in this. Let me do my research. Rather than bemoaning that, oh, I'll never be able to. I mean, sometimes I think you have to plan to overspend for the holidays. You have to plan to be miserable in January. 
And I'm thinking, well, that's not serving anybody. <laughs> what are some ways um, you think with impulse buying that some coping mechanisms when they are faced with that? I like my lists. <laughs> I always encourage writing in lists. One of the things that I do is I'll make a list of people that I want to give to. And um, I'll make it into two lists. One of them, if I know that I want to get a gift for so-and-so and I know what they're going to like, I'll mark that on the one list. I'll make a list, fill in what I'm purchasing for who. And then the ones that I haven't decided on what I'm getting that person, I'll leave that blank. And then as I purchase things, I go home with that list. And then the list that I've kept at home, the same name list, I will write next to it that, you know, person one, I purchased this for them. That way I don't, I got my little pile and I don't forget who I got <laughs> what. And I cross it off on my list that I carry with me. That person has, I've gotten a gift for them. So those lists are so detrimental in keeping someone focused, especially someone faced with substance use disorder or a mental health condition. And for me, it also helps me to feel like I'm not being tied because I don't like limitations. A lot of times we don't like those mm -hmm. limitations. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I know that I want to get this for someone, I'm excited because I know what I'm getting them. And then the ones that I don't know when I'm leaving it kind of blank what I'm getting them, there's that freedom that I have to, oh, I like this item. Who on my list would like that? Or, oh, I see that and that I know so and so. It, so it allows a little bit of impulse, but it's keeping me on track. Um, another thing that um, used is have, you know, if it's certain family members, you know, you're going to spend 15 or $20 on, and then others, you're only going to spend five or 10, have two different lists, okay. the lists that, you know, the ones, and that would be part of how I could help someone calculate how much money they are looking at spending. So if they start off saying, well, I want to be able to spend $30 on, you know, five family members, and then I've got, you know, 15 over here, I want to spend $10 on or whatever. And we go and add all that up and okay, then you're looking at spending this amount on gifts for family members. Oh no, I don't have that much. Okay, well let's, can we adjust that? But methods or ways, again, back to the DIY, the service gifting, the coupon book idea to bring in. So you used some words, you said you were excited and you said about, about a particular gift, there was also the idea of, oh, I like this. I want to gift this to someone. So your gift giving experience makes you happy. And I think one of the most important things to avoid is asking people what they want um, if you're not prepared to deliver exactly what they want. Because they're not saying, well, in what price range, they're just giving you the what they want and you feel obligated. And I think that that's a, a sort of a bad way to approach it. It's kind of like asking other people at the table what they're ordering, because then you're going to overorder for yourself. So that word obligation is something very relatable in your peer role because mm -hmm. of that extreme overwhelming feeling yes. that it relates to. Again, back to taking the loneliness out of the process 
doing things, uh, engaging people with the gifts you are creating, wrapping them beautifully. I'm a sucker for that stuff. One year, um, among, among our friends who gift, um, the goal was no commercial wrapping paper. So you had to wrap your gift in something that you created. Um, and that was great fun. Um, and we, we you know, gingerly opened them because we didn't want to spoil the creation where the gift was actually the wrapping, the time that we had taken to create it. So yeah, I, um, I, I think we need to give ourselves credit for being more creative and tune out a little bit of the, the sales noise and the commercial noise um, and understand, and for each of us, it's different, what feeling we want the holidays to create. Maybe go back to childhood, to, to a good memory of childhood, even if it's a wistful memory of childhood, to say, what was that great feeling or the feeling I wanted to have and say, I want to create that feeling and then figure out the numbers after that, because I think they're smaller. You, we, we all know that it doesn't cost a lot of money to delight a child. It doesn't cost a lot of money to delight someone who loves us. I remember some of the things that I appreciate most from childhood are those time type gifts. The time that, you know, mom took to bake cookies with me or mm -hmm. the time that we colored our own wrapping paper mm -hmm. the the time gifts do I, I remember for myself they they make a lot more so lasting when you are either of you when you were you have people that come to you whether stressing with the overwhelmingness of finance or just that feeling of burden of having to give a gift what are some ways to elevate their frustration anxiety I think tying it to that idea that it's not holidays, gift giving, whatever the reason, even not just the current holidays, but gift giving in general, um, asking them what that really means. You know, is it the gift that's really important or is it the idea of you've thought of that person, you've taken time to do the DIY gift or you've taken time to think of the perfect gift, even if it's not the you know, fanciest or whatever, it is a thought out gift, uh, one of personal time, one of knowing that person, you know, I, I know that so-and-so absolutely loves Disney characters. So, you know, the fact that I thought of and remembered that somebody liked something specific and gifted according to that. For me as a peer, part of it is helping them to identify what is important to them. And like you pointed out, sometimes the value, people are brought up with values that, you know, oh, it's got to be the money gift. And helping them to look at their own values or even past what they were brought up with. You're an adult now. Is that how you want to be? Is that how you want, do you want your children to learn that? What was it like for you to learn that it was important to have money just so that you could give because you felt obligated to kind of breaking things down i think that's a very powerful motivator that you know, what are you role modeling for your children do you want to role model stressed and and being out of control and feeling guilty or do you want to model something other 
than that, and that can certainly help you. I, I remind my clients, whether they have lots of money or don't have lots of money, that they have a finite time budget. They have 168 hours a week. We all get the same amount. And they have to use not just their money within their values, but also their time. And to use your money and time within your values feels really good. Ginger, thank you for your insight. As always, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on our show and what you do to help those with financial needs in our communities. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I would wish everybody a happy Thanks Christmas Kwanzaa and, uh, and enjoy, uh, enjoy this marvelous community because that's our real gift to one another, right? So um, as we close again today, just you matter. How you feel matters. You are not alone. Um, we all struggle. Today's topic with finances and everything. Most of us have struggles with that. You're not alone in it. Hang in there. Join us for our next show. Coping with the Holidays. Missing Loved Ones. Grief. Visit us on our socials and our website, www.ascendmw.org, for all the latest newsletters, resources, and podcasts.